Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a scream and shout. I love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. Ooh, ooh, a little like, I don't know, don't, old woman, old English woman? Don't try to put a label on it. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not into <laughs> labels. Uh, man, we got a lot to go over. This is an exciting time of year for many reasons, but really because basketball is about to get kicked off. But we got a lot of business to get done, so let's get rid of the business. And I know there's people out there who skip past this. Believe me, you want to stick around to hear what we have to say. I just want to say to the gentleman who posted on the pigs message board as to hitting 15 second fast forwards through 32 minutes. I'm like, that means he hit that button like 120 times. It was like, don't you have a scroll option? You should yeah. be going through another service. If that's the only way you can skip ahead to whatever you want to listen to. Yeah. Jokes on you. <laughs> uh, let's get, this piece of business out of the way because as always we are powered by communitycars.com sponsor of the fade up by the way no comment on the attire today well, I already commented on the attire uh, privately offline. So sure, I will roast you for public consumption. Uh, you're a mix, like you're giving me flashbacks to my childhood going to the circus. Uh, and you're also giving me flashbacks to the last time my neighbor's house was tented. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I had a termite problem. And so I figured just put on the red and white candy stripes jacket. Uh, I'm very proud of this, though. There aren't many of these floating around there in the public. So I am I, I, stoked about this. I think I would be more envious even really if it was like a full shot and I saw the whole thing. It's just as it stands, you look like something out of like a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. Maybe I should go collar up. That's still ridiculous but yeah, maybe slightly yep. less so all right look community cars you know it's the bright place to go to get a car uh had another person reach out this weekend telling me that they're going to community cars to get a, uh, working with their parents to get them a car another yep. satisfied customer uh but let's talk about what community cars is doing this weekend saturday october 15th and i'm going to try to share my screen at the same time here you did it you did it boom so this is a big deal. This is what we thought a huge part of NIL could be and should be. This Saturday, October 15th, if you're anywhere in the Bloomington area, head over to Community Ford Lincoln, 2200 South Walnut Street, Bloomington 47401. 
Community Ford Lincoln, where you will get a chance to meet and greet Sydney Parrish of IU Women's Basketball and Jalen Hood Shafino of IU Men's Basketball. I would argue the two most anticipated newcomers to Indiana basketball in quite some time. Uh, pictures, autographs, food truck. They're giving away gas cards. They're giving away uh, free oil changes. Like it's going to be an awesome event. 10 a.m. to noon. 10 a.m. to noon in Bloomington Community Fort Lincoln. This is what it's about, right? It's NIL, but it's a way to meet the players and, and connect the players to the community. Take the kids, bring home a car. In between, meet your favorite new IU players. It is. It's what we talked about, even with the Fan Fest. The, this a actual interaction between players and fans is what NIL is ushering in a whole new era of. A place in time, a designated place in time, everybody can show up for the same reason, to meet each other. That's exactly right. It is the best of what NIL can be, uh, and you, you could not find two better representatives representatives of what Indiana basketball is as a whole than Jalen Hood Shafino and Sydney Parrish. We've had the pleasure of meeting both. These are incredible people. Get their autographs, take pictures, just get to talk to them a little bit. Wish them luck in the imminent seasons that are approaching. I agree with all of that. I pause. Sometimes I like to cut myself off short to see if you're ready with something. And that time, you were not. Well, I mean, like, you've said it all, as you often do. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily need to add anything here, except that I'm jealous that we don't get to go. Now, we yeah. did get to interact with Sydney and Jalen the last time we were back in Bloomington, but most people of Hoosier Nation have not yet. So why not do that? Buy yourself three or four cars while you're there. Three or four. Why not? Uh, all right, let's get to another piece of business. This one is awesome. This we announced after the podcast last week. We alluded to the fact that we may have some news about the IU versus number one North Carolina game at Simon Scott Assembly Hall coming up this November. Well, we announced it on social media. Here's what we're doing. We got our little hands on two courtside tickets on the floor. Can we please go? Can we just take the tickets, please? We cannot, Damn unless it. you want to contribute money. And we both know that's not going to happen. <laughs> we, we got our hands on two courtside tickets directly opposite Mike Woodson and the IU bench. Like direct you. There is no more visceral way to experience Indiana basketball than being in these seats. We have been so fortunate to be able to sit in these seats a couple times and you feel like you are part of the game, and sometimes to our detriment, yeah, like against yeah. Illinois. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're, but moving on. Moving, moving on. on. Here's how it works. Here's how it works. It's $100 per entry. By the way, if you go on StubHub right now and look for good tickets for this game, they're not in as, the thousands. Not as good as these tickets, just good tickets. Just good tickets. They're in the thousands, and it's just going to get – bigger and bigger and more expensive and more expensive. And somebody rang my doorbell and guess what? I can't go to the door because I've got a broken freaking foot. <laughs> so we're just going to let it roll. Uh, here's how you do it. It's a hundred dollars per entry. $200 gets you two entries, $300 gets you three and so on. Go to hhnil.com. Click the main contribute button, not the football button contribute uh, by hitting the main button and 
contribute $100, you're in the raffle automatically. $200 will get you two tickets and so on. We're going to run this raffle through the end of next weekend. But look, that $100, $200, $5,000 that you kick in to buy these raffle tickets is, it, let's say you don't luck out, you don't get the tickets. Well, guess what you just did? You just put money into NIL, which is going to go directly 100% to the players, to Indiana athletes, and you are ensuring that there are other big-time games like this coming to Assembly Hall because your Hoosiers have such talent across the board year in and year out because you and people like you kicked in for a chance to win unbelievable seats. But anybody who kicks into this is a winner because our basketball program, other athletic programs are the better because of it. Totally right. And the money for this, like Ward said, goes specifically to IU basketball, exclusively to IU men's basketball, 100%. So go to hhnil.com, click the donate button at the top or the contribute button right in the middle of the page. Make sure you don't hit the football one for this. $100 per entry. You get two courtside tickets. I mean, I, I just, this is a once in a lifetime experience to witness a game from these seats, no matter what the game is. But to witness it against North Carolina, the number one team in the country by virtually every poll that's out there, it's the biggest game in Assembly Hall in years. Well, and look, this is the this is the last time North Carolina is going to be ranked the number one this year. You know, as soon as the clock runs out on this game, they ain't going to be number one no more. You want to be there for that. I Look, you and I have been there for some big games. We've never been there for a game like this. I mean, it, no, Indiana's well, no. going to be ranked we... highly. Why would we do that to Indiana? Yeah, Why true. would we do that to our fellow fans? We know where our place is when it really counts. That's why we're not taking the tickets. <laughs> because right. we know it would mean a big L for Indiana. So make sure you go to hhnil.com and contribute uh, multiples of $100 to get yourself entries into the raffle. Really excited about that. Let's talk Hoosier hysteria. Hey, buddy. I mean, a lot of people were talking about Hoosier hysteria are still to a certain degree in this super fast turnaround media cycle. This thing had some legs. People are excited about this. It did. Look, I watched it all like I do every single year, and I had a blast watching it. You know, it's just fun to see the players uh, back on the court. It was really fun to see Terry Morin come out in her car being driven out to the assembly hall court and then followed by Woody and his family, his, his wife and daughter coming out. And look, there were so many good moments. Tamar coming out with his baby girl. Mm -hmm. Ya coming out with his twins. Walsh coming out with his kid. Kenya coming out with uh, a really close family friend and doing a little dance on the platform was super cute. All of that was adorable. But the moment, besides G Herbo, the moment of the entire event was Woody on stage simply saying, you're going to have to forgive my language, but Indiana basketball is the shit. I mean, the man, the man knew exactly what he was doing and it worked. And it's, it's so cool. It just reminded me with the regime we had just lived through and that like, oh, it was like so boring and uninteresting, borderline maddening to listen to folks talk and for your head coach to drop that and it just explode across the Twitterverse. Well, right there in assembly hall to begin with, it's just like, it is so cool. It's 
fun. It's cool. And to what you alluded to earlier, everybody coming out like that, the idea about family, yes. And that's part of why Indiana basketball, especially right now with Coach Woodson, is the shit. Because it's a big party. Everybody's having a good time. The babies are out. The friends are out. And for the coach to be able to say exactly what he feels in a way that resonates so loudly, hey, we all loved it, but you know the kids were all about it so when your head coach is saying that and then g herbo's taking the stage at the end i mean how 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 can you not as a teenager be like "Mm, yeah it really is the shit and not only did g herbo take the stage but g herbo took the stage with the entire men's basketball team and they were up there dancing and having a good time and taking selfies and sending those out and the recruits that were in the crowd got to witness that and feel that energy it was awesome now I was pissed off because I didn't get the G Herbo concert on the BTN plus they shut off the feed. That's such horseshit. It's ridiculous. I, I don't know why they didn't. It had to have been a negotiating piece with G Herbo, but I think Indiana could have negotiated it to allow the BTN plus now BTN plus may have chosen not to because of language, but they kept the audio going. So it was just a picture of G Herbo and audio behind it. So that was disappointing. But everybody that was there raved about it. I mean, just raved. Yeah. And it's not something how many recruits elsewhere in the country were watching BTN Plus to try to see the G Herbo feed. Not many. They got what they needed from the players feeds, from whatever was sent out by other people they follow. And I want to give a big shout out to the athletic department and everybody involved with one getting those guys like Reggie Bush and Brady Quinn. That was a nice confluence of lucky events, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. And to have the whole college football show in town, thank you, Michigan, um, that we were able to incorporate into Hoosier Hysteria really shows holistic thinking by the athletic department. And to hear, like, we we heard what eh, maybe is sort of uh, could be a very um, brush off sort of violation by, I believe it was Brady Quinn Brady talking Quinn. directly to the recruits. But, like, we'll take it because there you have somebody's like, hey, kids, we've been all over and there's no nothing like this that's like a celebrity and an objective voice saying something that we want these visitors to hear that we believe but this this has a little more credibility because they don't have an agenda but then to turn around saturday morning and to have trace jackson davis and mike woodson show up on the football pregame show it's like yeah this is this helps bring you into relevance in 2022 agree with everything can I be critical for one moment? Well, if if it's just one moment, it would be the least critical you've been on Hoosier hysteria uh, since our friendship began. I'm not going to go into my the the list of production things that I could that I think could be improved. I'm not. There is one thing that I think they missed the mark on. Kudos to getting Snoop to do a video. Really fun. He was so high. He so was high. so high. So high. I mean, just somebody talk to Snoop about having somebody else hold the camera. No, but just, what, regardless. Sunglasses. Just put on sunglasses. Just put on sunglasses. And maybe, <laughs> I, I, whatever. Okay, they got him to do it. We know that the biggest uh, messaging point and differentiating point that we have at Indiana right now with Mike Woodson is the NBA. Yeah. Right? That yep. That is almost exclusively the pitch come to Indiana because nowhere else in the country are you going to go play for a guy 
that knows the NBA game more and knows how to get there and stay there more than him. Where were the videos from Vic and OG and Juwan and Romeo and Noah Vonley and Eric Gordon? Where was the quick highlight video of those guys in Indiana uniforms filling it up and then in the NBA for their respective teams filling it up? Where was the live interview with Vic from wherever he is at a preseason game welcoming everybody to Hoosier hysteria? To not... Look, they they made a they made a decision on this one. There was virtually no connection to the past of Indiana. Okay. But the present of Indiana is still the guys that are in the NBA. Sure. That's a big part. And they ignored that. Um for the for I mean almost virtually completely. And I think that is just a big miss when you've got a bunch of recruits in the building remind them the NBA players that are playing right now. And there's a good number of them that their career started at Indiana. I agree. The only thing that I think offsets that to a large degree is during the, the fantasy basketball camp, we got to see the recruiting video they play um, in assembly hall True. to recruits when they come in there. And it's exclusively that it's all about the guys in the NBA right now. You see some like Isaiah Thomas stuff, That's a true. couple of older guys, but any recruit who's coming in there has been hit in right between the eyes with that. But I agree. They should have reinforced it and incorporated it on Friday. Yeah. I mean, Ward, it's also why you do the G Herbo concert in front of them and not privately because you want them to send social media clips. And if Vic is doing a live interview, somebody may take a video of that and send it out. And now it's on TikTok and Instagram and all those things. Sure. That's helpful. I think that that's something that is light lifting that they should incorporate every year going forward. Remind yeah, I, everyone who our NBA players are. Absolutely. Absolutely. There'll be a couple more next year. And one thing we did skip over, uh, in, unless I'm interrupting the flow on your critique, is Pro Day. You know, sure. before all this happened, there was a pro day and, uh, you know, look, that that was not something that was muted on social media that uh, coming out from IU was before Hoosier hysteria. There was 25 pro uh, scouts, um, personnel, player personnel, folks in the building taking a look at Indiana Hoosiers uh, and what their chances are at developing into NBA prospects. Big deal. Huge deal. And the word coming out of that is no surprise. Jalen Hood Shafino is a pro like that. That was the word coming out that he is the best pro prospect on the team. And it's not close. He carries himself like a pro and enjoy him while he's there every second because he ain't going to be there long. But as we've talked about, we won't get into it. That's good for Indiana University. Absolutely. That is good yes. to put yes. guys into the pros quickly. So. That was the fun of the weekend. And we're going to get into it more with our guest today. Yeah. The downside of the weekend, which has become all too familiar of a refrain for Indiana University fans, was the football game. It was great for a half. And then it was Indiana University football for a half. And it sucked. I mean, it just sucked. And it was deflating and depressing. I was really excited. I mean, I was stoked at halftime. Um, were you, I thought that we, well, yeah. Oh no, I was, I yes. mean, because to me, like I, I, I saw that game 10 times in person as an undergrad where we were in it at halftime. So I'm, you didn't I'm, get excited each time. 
no at a certain point i mean probably over the decades it's like anytime we're in it against a top 10 or even really a ranked opponent through halftime you just know the bottom's gonna drop out and it sure as hell did because that's what always happens well it did i mean the offense is abysmal i i so much of it is the offensive line and and we can talk about that for a moment but I have to say, to me, one of the most disappointing things this year has been the defense, too. That Tom Allen took over the defense. That was supposed to make a big difference. That's his bread and butter. He was a very good defensive coordinator in the SEC, came to Indiana, was a very good defensive coordinator, and really turned the tide of what Indiana defenses were thought of while he was the defensive coordinator here. It was certainly the hallmark of the team in 2020, when we were like leading the nation in turnover margin and turnovers and that stuff. And that just seems to all have gone away. The defense is anemic. Um, they get no pressure on the quarterback at all. And we got blown out by a much better team and talent wins out and their talent won out. But the big news coming out of it is of course that just today, which is Monday, it was announced or was it yesterday? I'm sorry. Yesterday mm-hmm. it was announced that, the offensive coordinator, Darren Hiller, was let go. And a new offensive coordinator was brought in. And I have to say, Ward, did you get a chance to watch the offensive coordinator? His, I, ca- I kind of loved it. His... I kind of loved it. <laughs> it was so brutally honest. Keep it it was real. entertaining as hell. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll just sum it up for you right now. Basically, uh. Well, why don't you be the press conference people asking the main questions and I'll be Rod Carey and I'll give everybody everything they need to know that Rod Carey said. And I will do it in somewhat of the demeanor as much as I can that Rod Carey carried himself in this in this press conference. I'm just I'm just going to give you one. The lead off by by Ken Bykoff. Hi, Ken Bykoff, pigs.com. So, um, you know, what's it like? It's been a whirlwind um, being named the new offensive coordinator for Indiana University. Yeah, it's different. I haven't been an offensive core. I haven't been a coordinator in a long time. And truthfully, (laughs) I've been working with the I've been working with the defense. So. Here I am. Coach Allen asked me to do it. So I'm going to try. Are you, if you're going to ask me though, uh, how's it going to go? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the slightest idea. I ain't a miracle worker. I can't wave a magic wand. So everything when I, from my naked eye, it all looked pretty good before. So we'll just see how this shit goes. <laughs> it, I, is that fair? Is that a fair you know, summary very much so i thought i thought you were almost verbatim and the the mimicry of the the dialect uh the inflection and i enjoyed it hearing it from you too just like i did from him because <laughs> it, it is it's and you of all people who just hates the cliche and the coach speak that bullshit this is like I, i'm gonna keep it real with you guys and and that to me is like oh that's like a sign of respect to all of us and it's also it's just it's entertaining like we're all in this together no matter what he had said what kind of spin or polish he tried to put on it we all would have been like yeah well we'll see how it goes you can't work miracles overnight he doesn't have a magic wand and so great i'm now more invested in him succeeding at this because he had the decency to keep it real with us 
I also, my other two favorite moments are he started off by, by saying, uh, just want to say hi to all you guys and girls out there. Do we have any girls? <laughs> started with that. And then at one point, blamed the journalists in the room for doing the press conference. <laughs> Did you hear that part? Uh, was I, like, you know, he asked me to do it. And then, you know, you guys wanted to do this. So here I am. <laughs> like, no, no, the, the journalists don't get to call for the press conference. Indiana gets to call for the press conference. Look, look to, to his point. If nobody showed up from the press corps, he wouldn't have had to do it. I mean, okay, if no one showed up from, if no one was that interested about Indiana football from the press corps, there wouldn't have been a press conference for the last 25 years. I mean, it's amazing they still show up. Um, look, I'm not giving up on this season. They're three wins away. They still play Rutgers and Maryland and Purdue and Michigan State, all four of which are not great teams, not not even very good teams. And there were moments in that Michigan game, especially in the first half, where you saw an offense clicking. And you saw them keeping the defense on its heels. But ultimately, the talent won out for Michigan, and we just didn't have enough. And we're still not full strength. You know, and maybe we won't be all year, but DJ Matthews still wasn't playing. Cam Jones not playing. Our yeah. ambassador yeah. is a huge loss. I mean, it's it like is. Michael McFadden last year. It is. so, And he's going to be out several weeks. So and, and huge it goes, game this weekend. It goes back to, you know, a big part of being a dominant program is the depth of talent. You know, that next man up um, helps. And, and you know, it, seeing one, I do want to say, when they get a little daylight, I enjoy, like, our ma mighty mouse bowling ball running backs. You know, they, they can be fun to see out there in the open. But it's just, it's about consi consistency and depth. And we're when you're going up against a, a behemoth program of the last 120 years, um, if you're not at full health, it's going to be a real slog and you know, yeah, it's yeah. going to be tough regardless, but then not at full health. I will say give Jalen Lucas the, by the way, they magically figured out a way to get him the ball more. They handed it to him and they threw it to him. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it can be done. Turns out not giving up on this season. Really. I'm going to be invested in sitting down in front of my television for every game, three wins away from a bowl. And that's not over yet. All right. Ward. What? We're a little bit crunched on time because yeah. this, there's some there's multiple reasons why we're crunched on time, but our guest today is so special. Let's just get right to her. Okay. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have a very special guest today on a very special day for her today. Eric, would you like to get into some detail of who we have here with us and what's so special about today? Well, we'll get to that. But first, hailing from Fishers, Indiana, the daughter of a man who played basketball at Ball State and a mom who played at Valpo, a sister who swam at Kansas. This is an athletic, athletic family. We are talking to a woman who in her junior year at Hamilton Southeastern led her team to a state championship. That's right, state championship. What else did she do in high school? Oh, I don't know. She scored 30 or more points eight times as a senior while racking up eight double-doubles. She won the 2019 Indiana Gatorade State Player of the Year. She was 2020 IBCA Senior Supreme All-State Selection and a two-time IBCA Underclass Supreme All-State Selection. She finished her high school career as HSE's all-time leading scorer and Hamilton County's all-time girls scorer. She also 
was a McDonald's High School All-American. She was a Jordan Brand Classic selection. She was ranked as the number eight recruit in the country coming out of high school. And then she decided to go somewhere else. But she made the right decision to come back home. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to somebody who is back home. I honestly believe the most anticipated player to come to Indiana women's basketball ever. And today it is... Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sydney Parish. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. Sydney, how the hell are you? Happy birthday. I am great. I'm pretty tired. Long day of classes and workouts, but I'm I'm doing great. So uh, what, what birthday plans are we making you late for? Uh, I, just dinner with friends. You're not making me late, though. I'm, I'll be good. Do we know where dinner is? No. Surprise. So they're just going to pick you up. And is this friends on the basketball team? Others? Like, what's the group? Uh, others. Friends of, okay. from like HSC and Fishers and stuff like that. So let's just dive into that component of coming back home. Obviously, you went to about as far away as you could possibly go when you went to Oregon. But you are back now. How amazing is it to just be around what I would imagine is so many high school friends who go to IU or around Indiana? Yeah, it's amazing. I used to, it's funny, my years at Oregon when I was there for two years, since we are on the quarter system, we don't start till school till October 1st. Mm -hmm. So I would actually be in Bloomington for the first couple like football games and stuff. So I was always here whenever I was at home, I'd always come down and see friends and stuff. Um, and it's been amazing. I'm always with them on the weekends. It's good to be around them. And like my first week of going to classes, it was so weird and bizarre because I would see like literally my entire high school student body, like walking <laughs> on campus. I'm like, I haven't seen you since high school or middle school or stuff like that. So it's been, it's been crazy. Now, did you, is that just coincidence? A lot of the, the classmates headed down to Bloomington. So you're going down there to see them or did you grow up an IU fan or you, you, you're a house divided between Valpo and Ball State and Kansas? What, what were your allegiances in your youth? Um, I grew up kind of an IU fan. My family, my dad's side of the family is in Spencer, Indiana. So about 20 minutes from campus. Sure. Um, but I wasn't a huge IU fan. I really just came down um, to see friends from high school. And to party. Time with them. To party. Spend time with friends. <laughs> sure. That's, yeah, no, that's the code. That's the code. We get it. We get it. We're cool. We're cool. And um, no, but it was always really fun coming down and being with everyone and seeing everyone like my one time a year that I could. Sure. So let's jump before we kind of go back into your basketball history as much as we can. I want to jump right into the the here and now, which is. You have joined a program that has never been at the heights that it is at right now. Back-to-back -back Sweet 16s and Elite Eight mixed in there. Terry Morin has never had a season, uh, I believe, what is it, seven seasons now in a row of 20 wins, something like that. Uh, the IU women's basketball program is as good as it has ever been, better than it has ever been. And a huge kind of change happened this year because the core was broken up a little bit because of graduations. So we have seven returners, seven newcomers. Um, 
And those newcomers are a mixture of transfers, international and freshmen. What is it like jumping into just a brand new culture for you after two years somewhere else? Yeah, um, I think I had a little bit of experience doing that as a freshman coming in because uh, going to Oregon, I came in with a five, five recruiting, five people recruiting class. So it was a big jump there. That was the year that Sabrina, Satu, and Ruthie all left. So it was like us coming in for that. So I kind of had that experience a little bit, um, but everyone was really, really welcoming to all of us, the newcomers, the uh, transfers, like Mackenzie and Grace and kind of those vets, very, very welcoming. So it's been a really easy transition. What was it about coming home? How much of it was coming home? How much was it specifically what Coach Morin was doing with the program culturally or what the play was like on the court? Um, can you just talk about the, the factors that really made you decide to make the move? Yeah, um, I'd say, first of all, I never thought I'd be at IU playing basketball. Um, I am a huge just junkie for Indiana basketball in general, high school basketball, AAU, like even like the Purdue's, the IU's, the Butler, just all that rivalry. I love Indiana basketball, grew up like that. And, um, you know, going away at Oregon was really hard for me. And But I was never homesick, not one time. I know a lot of people kind of think that right away, like, oh, she was homesick, she wanted to come home. Um, but I just love what Coach Morin has been doing with this team and um, what she's built and the culture around it. And um, that's really what drove me back home. And of course, being in, at home has been amazing. And it's been great seeing my family like every single weekend. So that has just like been great. It's got to make your mom and dad just so happy. To oh, be able to my see God. We got, and I think I got a chance to meet some of your family at that clinic that we did on the Fantasy Weekend. And they just were the happiest people in the entire building. Beaming. Oh, yeah. They are very, very happy I'm back. It was, um, it was a tough decision, but it was really, really good to tell everyone I'm coming back to Indiana. And I've literally seen them probably every single weekend since I've been I here. So. I want to ask for your perspective here, because for us fans, you know, we hear a lot about culture. It is maybe the most overused word in, in sports at any level, professional, collegiate, anything. You got to build a culture. Terry Morin talks about culture a lot, and clearly it's not an easy culture at Indiana. And, and there have been some, some people who have not been able to make it through and just haven't been the right matches. But can you, in your now you know couple, several months being there, and obviously practice is really just kicked off in earnest a couple weeks ago, but what if you had to describe to us what is Indiana culture under Terry Morin, how would you describe it? Um, especially me coming from another program and hearing and having a lot of friends in other programs and just like being able to talk to them and how their practices goes and workouts goes. Um, I would say Indiana women's basketball culture is that we will outwork every single team in the country. We are the hardest working team in the country and like you said, some people can't handle it. You will see people that will transfer. It is, it's tough, but um, Coach Morin and the staff, they recruit people and tell them before coming in, like, you're going to be worked. And we sure do, but it makes us who we are. And look at the team now, how compared to how they were when they came in seven years ago. Right. Like, it's crazy. So 
Well, an an example we had was we were there for what was it the uh, uh, the Cincinnati football game last year, and it was big tailgates. Everybody was out partying. There was yeah. the men's basketball team. There was some recruits there, and we went over by Cook Hall where Coach Morin was, and it was just her and a couple other people from the program. No players anywhere to be seen. We're like, Coach, where where are the ladies at? She's like, they decided amongst themselves to go get some shots up, get some work in before coming out to party. And that's when we knew, oh, okay, now this has gone beyond just her demanding you do certain things to it's actually a player led culture now. Yeah, definitely. I think um, just coming in, you kind of saw the progression of like the Brenna Wises, the Tyra Boss, the Ali Patbergs, then passed down to like the McKenzie's, the Grace. And I think that culture just, it, you got to buy into it. And if you're not, then you don't belong. So it's, it's a really good atmosphere though. Everyone loves being in the gym and it's fun and um, just a great time. I may be grasping for something that doesn't exist, but you can tell me if it doesn't exist. But Ali Patberg meant so much to this program and continues to mean a lot. She's on the staff now. But Ali, there was, there's a lot of similarities and stories here between Ali's story and your story. Highly regarded player from the state of Indiana, chose to go somewhere else that had more of a historic, you know, women's basketball program. For whatever reason, didn't work out. Ali had a lot of injuries that she was dealing with, but then returned home. You know, Ali from Columbus, not too far from, from Bloomington. And, and was really embraced by the Indiana fan base. And then, of course, your story. Uh, what is your relationship with Allie? Did you know Allie? There's, when, I mean, Allie was in college for 27 years, so there is quite an age difference here. <laughs> but what, what is your relationship there? And, and is there a similarity in story that you find comforting and refreshing and helpful? Yeah, um, it, we do have a really similar story. It's funny. But um, I grew up, like as a little girl, like the biggest, like I wanted to be like basketball, like these really good basketball players. I followed them all on social media. Like I went to their games and I remember I was in, oh gosh, sixth grade, maybe fifth grade, maybe younger, like really young. And, um, me and my best friend, our dads drove us all the way from Indy down to Columbus North to go watch her play. And they were like, this is Allie. Like, she's going Notre Dame. Like, she's one of the best players in the country. She's a McDonald's All-American. She's going to be Miss Basketball, all these things. And I, I know I have the picture somewhere because I can think of it. And we had a picture, like, right before, not with Allie in it. We had, like, horrible seats. I think it was, like, in the tournament, maybe. And um, with, like, the big Columbus, Columbus North sign in the back. But I, so I, like, grew up watching Allie. And like, obviously, um, growing up to going to Notre Dame camps, like always just looking up to her and just knowing when she transferred back to IU, that was something huge. And she like left her mark here and now she's on the staff still. So she's been amazing to us in practices. And it's kind of good to hear a voice of somebody who's been through everything else. Like if there's a play that I'm confused on, I'm like, Hallie, what do you do on this? How do you do this? Can you give me tips on this, this, this? So it's been great having her. That's awesome. So since you touched on it, your, your upbringing and who were some of the other folks at the different levels, different teams that, that you looked at. And I guess you could combine that too, with your, your family. Like, did you guys play a lot of hoops out in the driveway? And what were these, what were the formative influences on making you become one of the best high school and now college players in the country? Yeah. Um, grew up playing in my backyard like we have this like just slab of concrete in our backyard and oh my gosh we endless games me and my dad he would rebound for me it'd be raining it'd be freezing 
um, all the time. And just some people that I remember watching, like Taya Reimer, she went to HSC, she went to Notre Dame, she went to Michigan State. Um, I watched her all the time. Um, Allie, um, Dana Evans, um, Jackie Young. Like I went to all these girls' games growing up and it was like funny because then I found myself playing against them sometimes in college or like in with like USA basketball and stuff. So it was like kind of a full circle moment like that. But definitely growing up, just being around basketball all the time, like 24-7, my whole family like all my aunts and uncles, they all play college basketball or basketball. So it's just been, I'm surrounded by it. When you grow up in a family like that, where everybody has had a level of success at pretty high levels, do you, did you kind of expect that for yourself that even as a young kid that you were going to play high end division one college basketball, or was there a moment in your progression as a basketball player where you realized, Oh, I'm, I'm pretty good. You know, I think I was, my mom always tells me, I don't really remember when I was young, you know, she's like, no, you were always really good. Like, even when like you were super young, you would just do things and we'd be like, how does she know how to do this? But I'd say the first time I realized that like, okay, I can go somewhere with this was I came to the elite camp at IU in seventh grade, eighth grade. And IU offered me. And I was like, I didn't even know what a college offer was. I literally had no idea. Like, I was very like, okay, like, sounds good. Was Kurt Miller the coach at that time? Coach Morin. Oh, it was Coach Morin then. Okay, wow. It was like her first or second year with Coach Rhett was there as well. And then Mm -hmm. since then, they came to my eighth grade middle school games. And I have a picture with Coach. Because at that time, since I wasn't in high school, I could talk to them after the game. So it was was legal. So like, I have a picture. I literally think I can pull it up right now with coach. No, I I know exactly where it is. Oh my gosh. I've turned my brightness down. This is hilarious. 20. Oh, this would have to be eighth grade. And this is me. And this is coach. Wow. (laughs) Wow. They knew, they knew back then you were there. Damon. You were there, Damon Bailey. I guess so. Wow. You know, it's funny because yeah. I've read several quotes where when, when you committed to Indiana uh, to transfer that Terry Morin did say, we've had a long relationship well before right. her starring days in high school. And I never knew, I she never elaborated on that. So I didn't know how far back, but middle school. Yeah, they were on it. And they came, that's not like the only game. Like I remember coach Rhett's old, or oldest son now but he was the baby like he would be at the game my middle school games with like a two-month-old in his arms I'm like you can't my mom was like go home like you don't need to be here <laughs> you know she's like go be with your family you have like a two-month-old in your hand so well, it's wow so could you uh, just elaborate a bit on coach Rhett and what he means to the program and what his role is because we've we've got to mention him a couple times here on the show and he's always so delightful to interact with when we're there but but give him some love to the people out there who don't know his importance oh he's amazing i've known him forever and my dad's known him forever just from recruiting and stuff um best personality bubbly all the time gives energy on the court um he's kind of our spark man like even if it is like he's criticizing something, it's always in like a happy, pumped up mood. So you're like, okay, got it. On to the next thing. 
but wow. he's been amazing to the program. He's been around for a long, long time. So he's been great. All right, let's amazing go through. Let's go through your high school career a little bit here. I want to skip forward to junior year because as somebody who grows up a junkie for Indiana basketball and continues to be one, there are just few things in life that are better than winning a state championship in basketball in the state of Indiana. And by the way, in that game, you went off. You scored what, like 34 points in that game, something like that? You know, I unfortunately, you know, this is actually a funny one. Okay. Me, I was one point off of the state, the 4A state record for most points in a game. You know who has it? Who? Allie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, one point look, off. look, she made it to the Elite Eight at Indiana. You got to beat her by one. Just beat her, but get to that final yep. four. I will, I'll try my best. Then it'll even, but walk us through winning a state title and what that meant to you. Uh, as somebody who who knows the weight of winning state titles in Indiana, yeah. Um, well, our sectional super hard. So my freshman and sophomore year couldn't get past Carmel. They had Amy Dill, Tommy, like they had five Division One starters. Could never get past them. Our my junior year, our team was like I've never been on a team that clicked like that. Like it was it was a really special team. If you watched us, you knew like everyone knew their role. It was so much, so much fun. We only lost to one team that year, and it was an out-of-state team, unfortunately. And um, we would, we were just rolling past teams in the tournament and come to LN, the state game. We had played them, I think, twice in the regular – once or twice in the regular season. Um, we knew their personnel. We knew everything about them from top to bottom, like everything. Um, but I'm going to be honest – the moment I stepped on the court, I don't remember a single thing. Really? Because you were in the zone? You were in the flow. I guess. that Like, like nothing. Like, I don't even remember warming up. I don't remember, like, it was like, I don't even know. It was the craziest feeling. I was oh. like, I don't even, I can't believe I'm here right now. And then I remember after the game, just actually looking at it. I remember it was, they had to foul with, like, eight seconds left or something. And I knew we had it sealed at this point. We were up like eight or something. We had it sealed. They had to foul and they fouled me. And I just like, there's a picture. I just screamed because I like knew I was like, okay. And then I finally looked up and I saw like, it was like the most fans ever at a women's state game. We had all of like our HSC fans. It was packed. And I was just like, I cannot believe we're like, this is happening. And it was amazing. It has to be a very similar feeling to when I go to Buffaloes. I get exactly. there, I see the menu, and then I black out for about 90 minutes. Yeah. And then the next thing I know, I'm bloated and have gained 17 pounds. But it was a and, great experience. It was and, a great experience. And you have meat sweats dripping down the back. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> how I know I was there. Um, but like our staff and stuff, like it was I, it was special because my dad was on staff also. Mm. And then I would have, we had such a good relationship with our head coach, like every single one of us from the starters to the bench players. Um, it was just everyone was happy. It was amazing. Oh, and then and, and then what happened? Like what kind of celebration was organized back in Fishers? It just had to be like like the the, the day of ultimate triumph. Now, I didn't check had uh hse won prior state championships right so the town just lost its mind yeah and even in men's basketball when like 
um, Zach Irvin and Gary Harris were on the same team. Yeah. They even win that year. So it was like first time um, we didn't really do any that night. We were just as a team together hanging out. But like the next day we had this big ceremony in like our gym and stuff and a bunch of people came and it was, I had to speak and I started crying because it was like, sure. it's, I'm not crying. I was crying because I was going to miss my that team so much because it yeah. was so special because we had four seniors graduate and go play basketball in college. So it was like, oh, I miss them a lot. I talk to them all the time. They actually just text me today. That's a, that's so a bond sweet. you'll have forever. You hear about that a lot with championship teams that it's just like, that's it. Like you could maybe not see them for 30 years, but you would pick right back up where you left off. Yeah. And our coach, we had a bet at the beginning of the year. We're like, if we win state, you have to get a tattoo. So we got a tattoo on his leg. It says of? state champ. It says state champ. It was like our logo that we had on our shirts. Like once we won state and he literally got that exact same thing on like the side of his calf. That's great. I would have put it right here yeah. just so everybody <laughs> knew like, all you the time. Do it now. And he was like, I'm doing it and I'm retiring. We we're like, all right. So he sure did. <laughs> wow. So that that's incredible. So your senior year, the team makes it to the sectional final. Uh, we won't, we won't talk about, you didn't win the state title that year, but you got one under your belt, but it does end with something else, which is, and I purposely left this off the list of accomplishments because I wanted to spend some time talking about it. There is no greater team accomplishment in Indiana than winning a state title. There is no better individual accomplishment than being Miss Basketball in the state of Indiana. And that's what you were in 2020. What in the world is that like? Oh, gosh. You know, I dreamed of it my whole life. Honestly, like since I play basketball, I want to be Miss Basketball. I want to be Miss Basketball. Like that's my goal. I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to be that girl that's like, you know, but like it's always in the back of your head. Um, and really funny. This is <laughs> this is how it went down. So I'm really close with Anthony Leal, who won it that year. Mm-hmm. And Anthony, it was supposed to come out the, I don't know, let's say on a Friday. And on Thursday night or Thursday, he texts me. He was like, I won. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> You're like angry. I'm like, what do you mean you won? He was like, they just brought me my jersey, like to my house. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, I didn't win. I was like, this is, I was like, there it is. Okay. So I didn't sleep that night. The next morning, I thought I'd get a phone call or something, but instead I got the Indie Star notification on my phone. What I got, I got no phone call. Nobody told me I on my phone. They said it would come out at noon. I'm still waiting. I nobody talked to me in the morning because I'm like my whole family was like very scared of me because I was like I'm not doing anything. <laughs> and I'm sitting on my phone just like going through it, and then it pops up 2020 Indiana Miss Basketball Sydney Parish, and my sister was there because it was during COVID, so she was there and she's sitting next to me on my couch, and I was like, Lauren, and she looks at me. She goes, You won, didn't you? And I was like. And then I just started bawling. Oh. I was like, oh, the emotions were not okay. <laughs> no, they are okay. I bet you weren't the only one crying in the house when everybody heard the news. Everyone was crying. Sure. But it was it was really awesome. And then, my, like I said, my high school teammates, they came by. Like, it was during COVID, so they were in their car with signs out the door, honking their horns. Oh. It was awesome. It was just, there was so much support from my teammates, my family, um, the state of Indiana. So I was very, very grateful. Well, it it makes it uh, like, I think even more bittersweet for the state when, okay, but 
but now she's she's going out to Oregon. But it is part of the journey, and we all know it has a happy ending. So to go there, and and I I don't think, and I'd like to get into what your reasons were, what attracted you to Oregon besides being part of one of the best freshman basketball classes ever out there, um, ever period, ever period. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. But out there, meaning oh, okay. out west, yeah, where we are. Um, is that that w- what did go into that? Because I do think a lot of kids are like, I just need to get out of where I've been my my whole life and see what else in the world is out there. So what what both maybe personal and from a practical basketball standpoint went into that decision? Yeah, um, Oregon basketball is at their peak. Um, as everyone knows, everyone knows Sabrina, everyone knows Ruthie, everyone knows Satu. They were top five picks in the draft that year. They're at their peak. They're playing great. Um, I loved it when I went out. I loved everything about it. I loved the state. It was so different than Indiana, first of all, like completely different. Um, everything was just perfect, and I didn't want to leave. Um, I had a few home visits and decided to just commit. Um, I knew that I was going to get Kylie Watson and Maddie Shear to commit. They're literally my best friends. So I was like, first of all, if I commit, they're committing. So I committed two days later, they both committed. Two days later, Angela Dugalich, McDonald's American five-star committed. Tahina Pow-Pow, she committed. And then we have the best recruiting class in the country. So it was like, you know, like what could be worse than this? Like nothing can, like this is like, it was all kind of just perfect. Um, And so many things happen, I mean, I went in my COVID year, my freshman year. I didn't see my parents all season. They only got to come watch me at the NCAA tournament because on the in the Pac-12, you're not leaving a lot of fans. Right. I remember that. Um, there was forest fires that we had to actually evacuate the state of Oregon. It was really, really bad. Um, our gym was actually filled with smoke. Oof. It was like, yeah. So we actually, and we couldn't fly out of Eugene. We had to f- drive to Portland. Um, I was the first person on campus to get COVID. So they didn't know what to do with me. So they threw me like, just like, they had no idea. This is their, I'm the first student athlete to ever get COVID on campus. They threw me in a dorm, no AC, hundred degrees outside, no food, no water, no blanket. So everything kind of just went into one and it was a lot for a freshman. It was a lot for a, 18 it was a lot old. for anyone, not just a freshman. I mean, anyone. Yeah, but like, it's a lot for an 18 year old going across the country for the first time. And all this is hitting you at once. So, you know, had to make a decision of my own and look where I am. So I, I want to take a step back to go forward here yeah. because especially after showing us the picture of you and coach red from eighth grade, how difficult on a personal level, was it to tell them no? And then on the flip side, how difficult is it to tell Oregon where you have good friends that you're leaving? Like those two things are kind of two sides of the same coin, but what, how hard, let's start with how hard was it to tell coach Rhett and coach Morin you were going elsewhere? Um, I think it's hard for anyone going through the recruiting process to tell someone, no, that you've built a relationship with for so long, um, especially them. Cause I had known them for so long and they've done so much for me and my family and taken so much time out of spending time with their family to come and watch me play basketball, like stuff like that. So that was obviously very, very hard. 
um, not just with them, but just any coaches in general. Sure. Uh, and then, you know, leaving Oregon, it was, it was bittersweet. It was like, it was my friends. That was the hardest part, but we are all leaving. We all transferred. There's one left out of the five of us. Mm -hmm. So like we all left together. It's not like one, I was the only one that left. Right. That would have been hard. So, you know, that was really, really hard, but I knew like bigger, better things were coming. And like, I just kept being like optimistic. I'm like, Indiana's going to be better. It's going to be better. I'm going to be happier. This is going to, and it's been, couldn't be better. Like, yeah, I was going to ask you how quickly, Wait, no. When did you realize I made the right decision? Wait, before that, before that, let's talk about the decision. How does, how do you then re-engage with Coach Rhett and Coach Morin and how fun is it to tell them that you're coming? Yeah. um, I went to the portal. They reached out. Um, Obviously, I was interested right away. I talked to two programs and Coach Rhett was like, well, what are you waiting for? I'm like, I don't know what I'm waiting for. And so then I committed. I was like, I'm not, I don't even want to talk to any other programs. Awesome. So, yeah. And then when you came on campus, when you finally got here, was there a moment where you were like, yeah, I made the right call? I'm trying to think. It was tough because we couldn't play basketball. I was hurt coming into the season, coming into the summer. Mm -hmm. So I didn't play all summer long at oh, all. Wow. So, and we had so many girls like that just coming back from surgeries, injuries. So that was kind of hard, but um, it was really good. I made a really good relation. I got lucky. I have a great roommate, Alyssa Geary. Oh, so nice. it's been like amazing. We're very similar. So I think that like having her and then connecting with other girls who we can hang out with every night like hey come over we're gonna watch the kardashians come over it's bachelor at night that kind of thing i was like okay now i'm comfortable because i was so used to being at oregon with my little clique that i was always with all the time knew before i even got there so leaving i think that was a big stress for me i knew the basketball would come but it's just been it's been amazing all right listen it's your birthday we want you to go have fun with your friends. But before we go, just some quick rapid fire questions to get to know you quickly, a little bit better off the court. I think you may have just revealed it, but favorite TV show? Kardashians. New one? New one on Hulu what? or old one new on one. E? No, new one for sure. Okay. okay. What's your favorite movie all time? Oh, oh gosh. Probably either love and basketball or the blind side. Nice. Okay. I like it. Right. We're, 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 I mean, we, is Hoosiers like in the top 10? I guess Hoosiers has to be in the top 10 for oh, sure. Fair enough. Good, good. At least I get you've mad seen when it. people don't know. I, I get mad when people haven't seen it. I'm like, really? You yeah. play basketball. Yeah. Virtually every men's basketball recruit that comes to Indiana has no idea even what Hoosiers I know. is. It's yeah. sad. Okay. You're, you're not watching the Kardashians you're not playing basketball what are you doing for fun I'm with my friends cool I could you're... just be sitting on the couch like just with them company okay. love being with my friends uh you're you're working out you're getting shots up you're listening to something is it music if so what is it is it podcast if so what is it uh Justin Bieber Justin really? Bieber <laughs> yeah, Which, what song what's your favorite song 
Um, I don't know if I have a favorite song. I would say the, um, oh gosh. I don't know if I have a favorite song. I shuffle just this playlist. Like I have all, every single song and I just- I shuffle. am a big fan of Stay featuring Kid Leroy. Love Stay. Come on, Love that is Stay. good stuff. I will okay. tell you real quick, I produced a talk show with George Lopez. We had Justin Bieber on before he became big. He was just a YouTube sensation. Justin Bieber came on. It was a big deal because he was only on YouTube then. And he performed. And then he and his three asshole friends proceeded to destroy their dressing room. <laughs> destroy it. Rockstar. Destroyed it. I would let Justin Bieber destroy anything of mine. I would be like, thank you. All right. Oh, you were leaving food out? Thank you. Guilty pleasure food. Donuts. Ooh, where in Bloomington? Where from? What kind? Um, You know, I'm going to, right now I'm looking at a box of Krispy Kremes. They're so good. They're so good. They they opened one in Indy, so I, I haven't even gone to that. Uh, some other your... time we will tell you the story about how I ate crescent donuts on top of a trash can. Yeah, that's trash not for here, but trash that's how much I like a donut. What um, what have you found a favorite pizza place in Bloomington? No, I have not. We Mother Bears. Been. Mother Bears. I know. I haven't. I used to go as a kid. I haven't been in forever. It's okay. still the best. Least favorite class you're taking right now at Indiana. Oh, it's this one called What's Special About Human Speech. It's literally horrible. <laughs> <laughs> we study sound waves. Ooh. Like, I, didn't, I thought it was about to be going to be about speak or speech, but it's we're studying sound waves and it's like oh. math is in it. And no. I was not expecting, I wasn't expecting that to be the no class. Good. But no. Okay. Uh, wait, I, I want to ask one more. Uh, just in terms of you coming into the season, first season as an Indiana Hoosier, what are your expectations? What makes this season a success for you personally, for the team? Um, honestly, making it far in, ter- in the tournaments. I think we have really, really high potential. Um, I think people like the media or the coaches, like with like some of the rankings that they've done already, um, are kind of iffy with us just because we have so many new people sure. um which is really hard to be able to tell like i was returning their whole starting five and their whole bench so um but i'm really just excited for like hoosier nations to watch us play and watch how fun we play together um and i think it'll be it'll be a really fun team to watch for sure i, I one more basketball question if there has been an Achilles heel for Indiana women's basketball for the last several years, it's been three-point shooting. It just has not been a great three-point shooting team overall. And clearly, Coach Morin, Coach Red, Coach Box, everybody got together and was like, that's over. We're going to be a good three-point shooting team this year. They have you. They have Sarah. They have Chloe. You've got a lot of weapons now. How fun is it in practice to watch the threes fly? Um... It's a lot of fun. Like you can't, if you're doubling Mackenzie, you're going to get a three hit in your face. If you don't double her, she's going to score. If um, Grace has a one-on-one in the post or just by herself, whenever she wants, like she's going to score. If you double a three is going to be hit. It's like, Uh, before we let you go, who's your hysteria was last weekend. What was that like for you? You looked like you were having an absolute blast when you walked out and walked up on that stage. But just what was that moment like for you? And what was the whole event like? 
Uh, it was just super surreal. I got to experience assembly hall with people in it for the first time with me, like on the court. Um, so it was good just to feel that love, to feel um, everyone in there and just the support from everyone. And even the students and stuff, it was a great experience. Um, but it was really fun to be out there all together too. It wasn't like just one person and everyone got to like support each other through all like the fun contests and stuff. And I think it was a lot different this year. I think in the past, sometimes it was always focused on the men's side, but because our program is, you know, really big now. Every, a lot of, there was a lot of people there for the women's team as well. Absolutely. Are well, you a G Herbo fan? I am a G Herbo fan. So that was pretty cool, right? Oh, it was amazing. I got to take a picture with him after. It was perfect. Well, awesome. and look, and coming from like both sides of the program, because, hey, news is out. Uh, IU men's basketball hasn't been particularly cool for a while, but now with yeah. Coach Woodson and what he's turned around there very, quite quickly and where Coach Morin has you at, don't you feel like Indiana is is back not only as a men's program, but wh women for the first time ever. Doesn't it just feel cool to be at IU right now? Yeah, it really does. It really does. It's been I, that's a really good way to put it because it really does. It feels cool. Like, yeah, it's not like, I guess you still have that historic part, but it's like, people want to go to IU. People want to be recruited by Indian women's basketball, or Indiana men's basketball. Like, I think it's been great with who coach Morton has brought in from our recruiting class and our transfers to coach Woodson, who he's brought in through his, his recruiting class since he's been here. So it's been, it's been really good, great. Well, there's no doubt that one of the coolest things that's happened to Indiana women's basketball in the recruiting world over the last several decades is when Sydney Parrish decided to come back to Indiana and be part of it. That was a huge moment for the fan base. I mean, it exploded on social media. I'm sure your very robust social media platforms blew up. Uh, it was so exciting that somebody who was from Indiana, who gets what it means to play here, decided to come back home and you have three years of eligibility. I hope you don't need all three years and you're in the pros very quickly, but while you're here, it's going to be so much fun rooting like hell for you. You're everything Indiana basketball wants to be, and you have a huge number of people supporting you that are in your corner. So thank you for doing this on your birthday. Happy birthday, and we can't Thank wait to you. see you in person at Assembly Hall and root for you uh, like we can. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Happy birthday, Sydney. Thank you. Have a good night. That was a guest. That was a guest. So delightful, right? A delightful human being, just so engaged. Uh, just even as we were uh, hitting record and telling her, okay, here we go. Just a huge smile on her face that lights up the Zoom room. Um, that's a good, good energy along with a hell of a basketball player to bring into the program. I also love like there's an edge to her too. You know, like you double McKenzie, you're going to get a three in your face. <laughs> you try to guard Grace, you're going to get shot on. You and guard us. Mackenzie's going to beat you. Anthony Leo tells you he won Mr. Basketball. You say, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you're a little angry. You're happy for him, but you're a little angry. Yeah. I love that edge. It's And like I said, you and I got to be around her and a lot of her family, and they were the happiest people in the building. I mean, they were as happy as the kids that were getting to take pictures with Sydney. That, that was getting it. to see her, their daughter in that environment. That was one of the lasting impressions of that weekend was Sydney, you know, taking a knee to get down with the young ladies and sign whatever they put in front of her and take pictures. It was like, oh, yeah, she is she is 100 percent Hoosier already. And I, I mean, I am serious, like 
the Achilles heel for this women's basketball program has been non-consistent shooting. And last year, you know, uh, Nicole turned out to be a really good three-point shooter, but Nicole had challenges with size. You know, Nicole was small. Totally. And Chloe really found her range at the end of the year. And then when Mackenzie got hurt, Chloe stepped in. But three-point shooting as a whole was not a strength of this program and hasn't been. And they went out and got themselves some ballers who can shoot from three. And Sydney, who at one point the Oregon head coach said was the best shooter in the country. That's how good the expectations are for Sydney. She shot 33% her freshman year. She shot 35.5% her sophomore year. She her, her field goal percentage overall increased. So you can just see growth happening. And she was in, in the Pac-12 and playing for Oregon, which plays a really tough schedule. You you just you cannot preface anything with uh, I'm serious and then say something and have it come across as serious while you're wearing that jacket. <laughs> just like nothing you say will be taken seriously in that jacket. Ward, nothing I say is taken seriously, regardless of wardrobe. That's true. That's true. You know, uh, by the way, when Sydney uh, said that in her backyard is just a slab of concrete. I uh, winced because I thought I would break my foot on that concrete. I would fall. I would twist an ankle. That's what you, I thought. You would need to be carried to the center of it and kept away from all the edges. Ward, you grew up in the state of Indiana. I did. You grew up worshiping Indiana basketball. Indeed. Can you imagine winning a state title for your high school and in that game going dropping a 30 spot and then after your senior year, winning Miss or Mr. Basketball in the state. I mean, it is the absolute pinnacle of basketball in the, in the best basketball state in the country. Look, she said, you know, they had a really tough sectional. Carmel's in your sectional. And that's why for many programs, more so in single class era, but even still now with some of these top programs, uh, just winning the sectional is a lifetime achievement. I believe Ted Kitchell said his greatest victory ever in his career was beating Peru for the sectional championship. He did better than the 81 title. <laughs> yeah, so then so then just think about oh, and then and I knew how much it meant uh playing tennis to win a regional. That's that's the closest I got. Matt Feller and I, we were the decisive third victory to win a regional over Kokomo. It's one of the great moments of my life. And nobody cares about tennis in the state of Indiana. So then you take it all the way through semi-state to state. Um, And I love that she was just, and I did want to follow up. Were there other games or stretches of games where she blacked out like that? Because starting in November at Assembly Hall and ending in early April. She just wakes up in April and says, what happened? The last thing I knew, the leaves were turning. Yeah, she wakes up in a parade. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, I wonder if that's a that flow state, that zone is something that she has entered before. My guess is probably because she's had so many huge games. She scored more than 30, eight times her senior year, tons of threes. Um, I actually wonder... I don't know the answer to this. Somebody out there might. How many people do you think have won a Mr. or Miss Basketball and won a state title? I mean, it can't be a ton. I mean, I I think often those titles go to people on some of the best teams in the state. So it might be more than you think. I would think 
20 or 30 at least. Okay, but think about that, Ward. I mean, to be one, let's say it's 50. Yeah. To be one of 50 people who have ever done that is just remarkable. And to also just appear so grounded like she is, like a real person with great energy and great personality. And I can see that she seems to be somebody that other people would want to be around, where you can imagine a scenario where somebody as successful as her would be somebody that would be standoffish and have a, a bit of an ego about her. That doesn't seem present at all with her. She just seems to want, she came to a program that is known for outworking everyone. Yeah. That says something about her. And I loved, I loved that that's how she described this program. Yeah. I mean, is there a better culture to have than that as your hallmark? No, because now that the talent level has reached an elite level, it's like, okay, well then how do you separate yourselves? And the, and it's between it's work, it's work, it's work, it's work. And then I think this sort of more um, mysterious element that is unpredictable being chemistry, the way she sure. talked about the, the state championship team, her junior year, everybody just knew their role. But when you ask her, well, what do you do to have fun? hang out with my friends, you know, and it, and we know from all reports and directly from the players themselves on the men's side, this team really seems to get along well. And it's certainly being around the women's team over the program over the last couple of years, it seems to be, uh, have a lot of camaraderie. And when, you know, like Sydney is one of the seven new players coming in to um, let's say, uh, merge with the culture, become one with the culture that somebody who is so friendly and outgoing as that and wants to just like hang out, that bodes well for that necessary component of winning basketball too. Look, I was not at Hoosier Hysteria. I watched it on TV. And, and so it's a little bit hard, I think, to tell crowd reactions and stuff. But you can tell when the crowd pops for something on TV. And she is right. Like the pops that Grace and Mackenzie and Sydney got coming out to that crowd were every bit as loud as the pops that the men's team were getting. It was pretty cool to hear that. And, and I know, and you know, from being at games, we're like, wow, these crowds are better than we ever imagined they would be. And the people that are season ticket holders and go to every game are like, we've never had crowds for regular season games against Rutgers, you know, like we, like we have now it's amazing. And there's something special happening there. Like you said, it's like, the culture has been set at such a high level, but the talent maybe wasn't quite where the best programs in the country were. And now it's getting there. So mm-hmm. add those two things together. And there is something really special happening at IU women's basketball that I can't wait for another season to watch it with Stella. So excited to, to see the team. She wants to learn about all the new players. Uh, and I, we just love Terry Moran. I mean, we've gotten to meet her and, I just enjoy every second we get to be around her. She'll bust your balls. She's got a great sense of humor. She smokes a cigar. That's I mean, a, we, I love her. We have not redeemed the the offer to go smoke cigars in Seymour with her and her dad on the front porch, which is something we need to make happen. Because I'm sure that I'm I'm sure Mister Mister Morin's quite uh, quite the cool guy too. You know what we got to do? I mean, we got to do an Indiana trip where we hit a Ball State game with Michael Lewis and root him on to victory. And Meeksy, come, for sure. What? And Meeksy. And Meeksy, for we, sure. We, we, we smoke a cigar with them as a victory cigar after the game. 
We take the drive down to Bloomington. We see Indiana men's basketball win a game, Indiana women's basketball win a game. And then we head out to Seymour to sit on the porch and smoke a cigar celebrating that win with Terry Morin and her dad. That's that's that is a weekend. But somewhere in there, probably Friday night, we go see whatever is the biggest, most exciting high school basketball game in the state, too. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we could do you could always just drive to Bloomington South. They always have fun games with a big crowd potentially, but you know, like you thought Rabbi would be able to be like, Oh, this weekend, you got to go, you got to go to, to, you know, wherever, wherever the game is, the one where people are going to be standing room only because of the stakes or the players involved. I do want to see a game at Newcastle. I've never been to that gym. I would, I would love, love to, to be watch there. Game there. We did get to go to Southport and watch a bunch of games. That was really fun. And that gym was pretty big and cool. I've never been to Newcastle. I would love to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. We we haven't done that in this Hoosier hysterics run, and we need to do that this year. That should be a goal that we we hit up a Friday night game. Well, um, let's uh, let's see how the season unfolds. All right, listen. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No e, no i. But, but the sometimes, sometimes why you were especially slow today. Especially. I'm just, just saying I'm just keeping pace with you. If you're over here looking at you from my perspective on Zoom, all I'm doing is keeping pace with you. That's all that's happening. For the hysterics, no E, no I, but the sometimes, the sometimes why. why. No E, no, no I, I, but the but sometimes, sometimes why. why. No E, no I, but the sometimes, sometimes why. why. No E, no I, but the sometimes, sometimes why. why. No, we know why, but sometimes, sometimes why. why. All right. No, we know why, but sometimes, sometimes why. why. Is this you think what they're referring to about skipping past the fluff? Um, no, this is this is the fluff after they've turned it off well before this. No, it's fluff before it's drivel after. So does that mean at the beginning we're fluffers? And at the end, we're drivelers. <laughs> <laughs> From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.